I mean, traditionally, gaming is a form of entertainment. Uh, gaming came up as a term more recently because of uh, you know people used to play games, and uh, that would more be physical, so we'd call it sports, for example, mm -hmm. uh, like physical always, games. Yeah, which always had a like you kick a ball, I can run faster than you. Right, but it, even the physical challenges are gaming in the sense that they're competitive and there's a winner and all that. So that's what makes them games. Um, whereas gaming is more uh, recent. People using computers to play games, which uh, aren't physical, generally, not today. So it's intellectual. Yeah, it's, it's a mind being it's used. It's a mind thing. I wouldn't say it was necessarily intellectual because a lot of it is just mindless fun. So to <laughs> okay, speak. I don't play games. Uh, right. Uh, I'm glad you said it's mindless. Some well, some of it is, yeah. uh, and that's what I wanted to bring up. That you know, people uh, I've noticed there's some general sort of viewing of games where. Uh, from the outside, people are like, oh, my kids are playing games, um, and why are you why are you running around shooting people, and uh, you know. So I mean, there's in the game, of, yeah, there's that kind of game which is quite popular with young kids. And called violent, boys, violent games, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And, and there's blood and gore and very really yeah, and, and realistic guns, too. Yeah, and it gets more and more, you know, uh, is it visceral is the right word. Visceral, yeah, like more more Guts. real yes. to them, you know, yes. that they they. The, the storylines become more real. The, the, the visuals, you know, there's more start looking more and more, mm. and there's more real actors involved in it, and you know, real mm. motion and things. And like their voices so being used. Yeah, that's right. I mean, so yeah, it becomes more, more realistic. Um, and there's been a lot of uh, concern, obviously, from uh, you know parents sort of wondering, is is it really a good thing? Mm -hmm. um, um, so there's a few things I wanted to comment on because there's a discussion there uh, generally that, that people say well games are worse uh, they're not good because the kids are running around being violent mm -hmm. um, and then I'm like yeah but what about you know before computers and all that kids would run around pretending to shoot each other with guns red indians and cowboys yeah for example or, or you know look at the toys for a boy I mean there's some constructive stuff like Meccano and Lego and so on mm -hmm. I mean, most of it is. We're talking the 80s, yeah, before computers, mm, so mm, or, or the 70s, and yeah, but most of it is, yeah, gun, a ray gun, a machine gun, um, something you know, gun, yeah, something gun, something soldier, and the toys for girls uh, would be, you know, clean up. My little rainbow pony. Yeah, like take care of the baby, mm. clean up, cook. Tamagotchi. Be uh, be attractive. Tamagotchi something else. It's like a little pet thing. Yeah, okay. that's that's a, that, I wouldn't even call that gaming. That's something something different. That's that's sort of like um, virtual virtual pet. nurturing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's more alive than a doll. And perhaps there is some gaming involved when you compete with others and things like that, mm -hmm. like Pokemon and that sort of thing. Right. But um, but the concern that people have, I mean, it's a very interesting topic because some people would say, yeah, but it's more. Um, it's more visceral when you're playing a game. You're taking the action of shooting or killing or whatever. Mm. Uh, whereas uh, the the other things, like for example, watching a film is uh, more. Um, it's much more graphic in some senses because it's real people doing it. Mm. But you're not actually participating in making that. You're choice. participating by watching. Yeah, but you're not actually pulling the trigger. That no, no, no. Mm. So that's also, you but, know, but interesting. I believe psychically you are, you know, you are there. You become the hero, you become the hero, so. and you become the victim. I agree, and I also, well, personally, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to compare them, but a lot of people, because they don't know games, uh, they tend to be uh, judgmental about them and say, oh, games must be worse. Mm. I don't understand them. And I'm like, well, I grew up playing games, mm. and um, when you look at those kind of violent games, there's a few things that are worth saying. Most boys do have... Uh, that soldier inside them 
testosterone. Yeah, and it's part of our nature. That's why those games are so popular. So, mm. you know, trying to restrict them from doing it. I mean, it, you know, like there were some kids in Columbine who went and uh, shot some classmates, and um, that was mm. a big thing. And then people were saying, oh, but they listened to Marilyn Manson, or oh, they played computer games. But they also like, picked their nose on Wednesday morning. Right. And, and what about the millions of other kids who listen to Marilyn Manson or, you mm. know, who also yeah. uh, play those same games? They don't go around shooting real people. So, because, mm. you know, most people have that idea that, you know, uh, that's uh, wrong. Uh, and the American Pentagon doesn't play those games. They play, play it in real life. Well, well, that's the thing that, you know, as a society, we're saying, we're trying to say to our kids, don't be violent. Mm. And, and we shouldn't be playing violent games and things like that. Mm. But mm. actually, our society is still hugely violent. I mean, this. you know. What is boxing? What is boxing? Yeah, boxing. Well, well, war. I was going to say. I mean, yeah, you know, war is a very big one. What's what's different between you shooting somebody, which is, I think, not a good idea, and two people bashing each other's heads off? Yeah, and little old ladies clapping away. Well, that's a, a form of game as well, isn't yes. it? Yes. I mean, you know, and we, we, we won't do it, but let the other idiots do it. Well, th yeah, I wouldn't say they were idiots, but yeah, I mean, no, uh, in their eyes, I won't do it. I don't believe in uh, hitting people. Yeah. But when Muhammad Ali knocks someone, God, what I get an adrenaline rush. Mm. Yeah, I mean. It's, it's, he's a good example because you saw what happened to him after a few knocks to the head, yes, right? I mean, yes, within 10 years he became a dull person. Yeah, well, he was brain damaged, right? So, <laughs> but what, what, you know, what we're doing is, because if you, if you take gaming and you go right back to the games, right? Mm. The games were created by the Roman emperors mm. to uh, satiate the people because mm. uh, the people were going to have an uprising. So they said, look, every other day we'll have a games. Do you know this? No, no, tell me. Uh, we'll have a games, and the games were created to pacify the people, basically. So you play the game instead of killing each other? Well, you don't play it. You watch gladiators, you know, chopping up animals or chopping up prisoners or whatever, and that gave the people something that they could enjoy. Uh, it was really brutal back then, actually, you know, hmm. it was horrible. Well, and Androcles and the lion and the Christians were fed to the lions, that kind of thing. Well, perhaps, yeah, I think so. I mean, they, you know, in the Roman cities, they had... Uh, the Colosseum, I guess, mm. which was used for the, the games, and then every other day there was there blood would, spilled. There was blood spilled, yeah, and that would satiate the people because that's what the people wanted. They were being for blood. Yeah, and and although that you know that that's entertainment, so that's what's interesting about that concept that back then it was mm. entertaining to watch, you know, some heretic uh, get chopped to pieces. Yes, by he's not a good guy. Chop him up. Yeah, kill him, and and bloodily as well. So, you know that. But back to the point there that that was used to satiate the people. That was used to make to make sure that the people didn't uprise against the Roman emperor. So mm. you know, games and give them respect. what they want. Just give them a morsel. Yeah, can, can give them something to distract them. Now the same thing's going on today at a much deeper level. You've got wrestling, you've got boxing, you've got football, and all these you know sports are great. Don't get me wrong, it's fascinating. But um, I mean, it's it's another way of just. Keeping you know, the people quiet. Kind of, yeah. Entertained. And keep people entertained and they won't, you know, be bothered about that. But the they're dangerous examples too. From America they send these missiles into Pakistan, kill people, and it keeps the American people feeling that they're doing some good. Yeah. It's another form of entertainment for the Americans. To an extent, war is a form of entertainment. Exactly what stage. I was bringing yeah. you to. Yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, it's I think there's uh, there's one of our episodes here called PSYOP, Psychological Operations, and mm. we'll go into we'll that We'll go into in, that again. In okay. detail because that's really uh, about how uh, you know, the government has become very, well, I say the government, there are specific aspects. It's called PSYOPs, as I said. So the, the PSYOPs Department of the Army, the U.S. Army, have become really uh, developed in that respect. How do you, um, how do you win a war uh, using the mindset mm. and not, mm. uh, or how do you go to war by using the mindset? So, you know. How do you change people's attitudes like weapons of mass destruction? Yeah, all that sort of stuff. I mean, because... 
the people with the worst weapons are the ones talking about other people having weapons. You know, mm. it's kind of it's basic uh, hypocrisy. And but you know, those concepts of gaming, I'd like to separate the games from gaming because gaming is a is a personal experience, mm. and it's true that some people will run around. Uh, well, we'll enjoy the game where you run around competing with others. Mm. Uh, I'm thinking of one particular, uh, like, uh, oh, I've forgotten the name of it. Oh, it'll come in. Anyway, so, uh, oh, yeah. So there's a game called Unreal Tournament, which is a good example, and it's all set in the future. People are using ray guns. It's not so violent, it, but it's very competitive, mm. extremely competitive, actually. Some mm. people still play it now after about eight years of it being around. Mm. Um, and they play it because they get so deeply into it that that game experience becomes part of their mindset. And being becomes a life? I wouldn't say that, no. Uh, no more so than somebody who's deeply into playing piano. Um, although perhaps, you know, someone could say, well, being, playing the piano is more productive. Well, maybe it is, but uh, maybe it's not. Mm. For that individual, um, doing that experience uh, is, you know, a form of dedication. Yes. And it is competitive against other real people. So, yes. you know, it is a form of sport. And I think, you know, some people can get so deeply intuitive into that existence that... Mm. You know, it's really about uh, very high-level interaction with the computer and, and sort of, you know, toning your reaction and your spatial and your, you know, directional. Mm. So it's extremely difficult, actually. You know, Shish is very much into racing cars, and he talks about the physics and that. That's right. what I'm saying, that you're actually experiencing that. Well, that's a side of gaming where it's actually the science of human enhancement, I mm. would call it. Exactly. You see, that's not about entertainment. That's mm. about... So, yeah, when, when 20 people are in a space where they're competing for the flag or competing for the amount of kills mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. the thing people can say is you know oh, well look it's killing it's killing well it's everything is killing actually if, if you think about it like back survival of the nature. fittest yeah so th it's no surprise that people will compete in that respect mm. um, you know whether it's violent or not is, is another matter mm. um, well monopoly yeah, we're competing the same killer instinct well, in a very at, gentle form. Let's look at Monopoly, actually, mm. because it's not that gentle, actually. Uh, <laughs> although it's not based on bloody violence. Um, it's financial it's, violence. It's financial violence. Yeah, I, I played that game again, uh, you know, a few years ago, and it mm. kind of reminded me, like, oh, yeah, the <laughs> point of Monopoly is to F everybody else as hard as possible. That's yeah. it, you know. Mm -hmm. So people say, oh, well, games are, are, are teaching wrong morality. Well, you know, Monopoly isn't exactly a moral game, is no. it? I mean, it's like... But nursery rhymes aren't. I took him by his left leg and threw him down the stairs. Yeah, but those, those nursery rhymes and, and all that sort of stuff, yeah, it's, it's, it's not really gaming, but the entertainment value, mm. entertainment comes from maybe a tension between different things. It's yes. not... It's not like, for example, if you look at educational gaming, mm -hmm. uh, that comes from the mindset of we should give our kids something productive. We should, you know, try and be morally correct. But they're the worst games ever, and nobody likes them. Nobody. Yeah, plays I've never them. seen any education games. Tell me a little yeah, bit. Well, um, people try to get into gaming from an educational point of view, mm -hmm. and most of the examples are just so lame. It's like, okay. hey, kids, let's not get AIDS. <laughs> and the kids are just totally pa patronized by that, you know. But that's how it is, you know. Oh, really? such rubbish, okay. rubbish material. Okay. And then on the other side, there are many examples of real games which are exceptionally educational. Mm. Like, um, there's this one example I always give. For me, it's the most, probably one of the most profound gaming experiences I've ever had mm. um, in, in the 31 years I've been playing games. And it's called Black and White. Now, this guy, Peter Molyneux, is actually in the news at the moment because he's just released a new game, which I'll come to after. Mm. Um, he made this game. It was a, it was a visionary, uh, visionary game. It started out by saying, when people pray, a god is always born. Yes. Right? When, you, when you need, a guru comes to you. Right. 
well, same idea, you know. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, what they're saying is that the the belief energy of the people asking for help is what creates Clear response in the form of a god. Hmm. So you are that god. So basically, what happens is you've got this village in front of you, and there's people breeding, farming, whatever. Um, now you are god to them. So when they say they, uh, they they're not farming well enough, you help them. You you help you tell them where to build some new farms or you know chop some trees down. If you don't tell them anything, they'll do it themselves. But the more you manage them, the more they become reliant on you. And then, for example, they they run out of food, so then they start praying to you. Oh, please, God, give us some food. So you mm. can either you can do one of two things, or well, you can do many things. Uh, but one one example is you pick up a person and throw them across the town square in front of everybody and kill them, and then everyone's like, oh, okay, God's angry with us. Let's work harder. And that's one way of solving the problem. Mm. Uh, another way is just to give them some food. And uh, they'll also believe in you more, but it not not through fear, but through love. But through love, yes. Through so, knowledge, through. Well, yeah. through either way, they're becoming more aware of God's existence because yes. you're interacting with them. So, yes. what happens is at a really deep level over time is that you can play the game in so many different sorts of ways. And, for example, one time you play through, uh, the world will become a very dark and evil place because your methodology is just fear them into it mm. um, and uh, sacrifice them to get more p power for yourself and things mm. like that mm. whereas another way is to get them to pray and to dance around the fire, the fire and things like that which also generates prayer energy uh, which means you can then you know have more power for your spells and things mm. like that so it's, it, it gets much deeper than that but for the purposes of this discussion we can just sort of say that the game like that what it does is put you in the role of God now this guy Peter Molino is actually the inventor of what we call the God game, and that came around in I think '91 or something, or '1989 maybe I forget. Um, and I think it was called Populous, the first ever God game, mm. and that was a concept where you have villagers and you tell them what to build. It was much more basic than what I've just described that game, black and white. Um, but it, it's um, it, it's a sort of fascinating concept because. When you play a game, you are in charge of the entire yeah, universe of that game in in a computer, L so like God, like God. Yeah, mm. and in fact, when you use a computer, you are the god. You are the god of that computer. Yeah, you it, can it, switch it on. You can switch it off. You're you in can, absolute control. You can put what everything. program you want exactly. Right, but if you if you don't understand that universe yourself, fair enough. You know, I mean, it's not for everybody. A computer isn't that for everybody, because they're not. Uh, well, being, being God doesn't suit everybody. But also, they mm. don't have enough knowledge of the computer to be able to use it yes. like that. But yes. I'm, I'm more discussing at a deeper level when people are, you know, like a guitar. In fact, a guitar is a good example. When somebody's grown up using a guitar and it's just essentially a, an, an extra limb that they have, yes. it's so close to it's their body. It's another format it's, of expression. It's, it's, it's part of their body, what yes. I mean. Yes, it's, yes, you know, yes. They're so intuitively connected. Yes, if it's separate from you, you're not playing it well. No, no. Uh, so then in that example that person is the god of that guitar and mm. it's the same kind of principle i'm trying exactly. to get at mm. um, and it's interesting because these sorts of games give give rise to intellectual or personal development mm. or you know uh, give responsibility responsibility yeah mm. and i think that's something that a lot of people who don't play games don't often realize that although for example there's one game a few years ago that caused some controversy because uh, well it always does uh, i think it's call of duty and Call of Duty. Because it's so... You play an anti-terrorist thing, a guy who, you know, goes into a Muslim camp or whatever and mm. kills all the Muslims. And, and from the outside, it's like, what? How dare they, you know? But mm. then if you play the game, what you realize is that actually that soldier is experiencing doubt and there's a kid there saying, why so are you doing It's forcing you to think. Uh, it, it's before giving you a richer experience than it yes. looks like from mm. the outside. 
And to be honest, the only way that you can really understand the mind of a killer is to is to go into that mindset. Now, that's mm -hmm. an interesting concept because... But that's what a policeman does. That's what a psychologist example, does. And if you get a movie like, say, what was it called, American History X, or was it mm -hmm. American Psycho, I'm thinking mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, why, why is that okay, actually, if a game with the same concept isn't okay? Do you get what I mean? That, yeah, that, if Steven know, Spielberg or somebody makes it, it's okay, but if Little Pras well, plays, it's no, not. No, no, I mean, if, if it's a film... If it's a film and you're watching somebody else, you're going into the mind of the psycho. Absolutely. Right? And that, that does help you as a, as a human being. It doesn't make you into a psycho, but it helps you to understand mm -hmm. what, what their is existence and is mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. And then playing that psycho is also, you know, actually there's a game that recently, uh, a few years ago, uh, Fallout 3, it's called. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was, the most it was the most horribly scary experience mm -hmm. I've ever mm -hmm. had and in gaming. And I'll give a description of it. Mm. Um, there's one small section of it where you have to play a character called the pint-sized slasher, and and <laughs> pint-sized so, slasher. Yeah, so you're this in this little suburb. The game is set in post-apocalypse, and then there's this one simulation you go into where it's just a small um, white picket fence type uh, suburb in America. It's all mm. very happy, happy, mm. and you go through all the things, and you know, like it's another one of those games where you can choose to go through the game. Uh, well, each decision you can take a positive angle or a negative angle and develop right, your right. character and your relationships. Mm. Um, which is very common these days, and it's, it's, it's fascinating to see because it's a new form of storytelling. Mm. But then, so in this example, there's one point where if you play the, this section a certain way, you end up having to be the pint-sized slasher. Mm. You get this big, ugly uh, clown head to wear and a big knife, and you have to go and slash everyone and kill them. That's, mm. that's the mission. And the, the weird thing is that you can't run as fast as they can, so to actually get to them and slash them, because they're all running away screaming, the only way to actually get them is to corner them and mm. to, to sort of herd them into a corner like where they turn them into a, yes and and then slash them. So for me, it was quite a horrific. Experience. No, but you're getting into the mindset of a very cruel hunter. Yeah, and and, and yeah, that's it's what very I'm painful. Saying. It was it was a heavy experience. I, mm. uh, afterwards, I had to take a moment to sort of take a breath and say, "Whoa, that's that's really heavy. What I've just gone through." But you know, as a responsible human being, I didn't then turn around and start doing that. No, you, know? you just know what it is. Uh, that you're not doing that you shouldn't be doing yeah kind of so you're more confirmed in your own morality yeah i think so and i think that's the kind of well, that's, that's all the revelation to me i didn't know such things all, happened. all storytelling is about that isn't mm. it yeah and, mm. and so what i'm trying to get at is that gaming is 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 you know i'm trying to lay a, a preset that you know gaming is actually a potential for true expansion of uh, emotional uh, social uh, moral absolutely. growth and it depends on the designers it depends on the the quality because mm. a lot of it's just entertainment but a lot of it's moral and and, and psychological mm. and you know um very but it's like movies isn't it you can go and see a movie which to me is a game made by the producer director to me it's a frozen game i mean you might agree disagree you see it you can take away from the most moving experience i saw that my beautiful marigold hotel and I just saw the, uh, the world through the eyes of that homosexual guy, which I found at the age of 66 very difficult. Right. But I totally empathized with him and I cried for him. Right. I mean, I've helped gay people right. in my surgery. But this so, was actually going inside him and seeing what it is like. Yeah, and, and you could say that perhaps if you made a game out of that film mm. and you get to play that character, that you can make alternative choices. Right, right. And so what happens is the storytellers don't just have one one line they, they tend to write a story tree and then choose a path through it mm, right? yes and yes, that's how yes. you then say they're making the choices for you yeah and and to make a good film because it has to be entertaining it has to make you adrenaline when you want to when mm, they want you mm, to mm, it has mm, to make you happy it has to be real as well it has to relate to something yeah and it has to push all your buttons you know yes um but the game you choose yourself what buttons you're going to push and that's why you say it can be very uh, difficult 
because you're the producer, director, story writer, script to writer. To an extent, well, you're just the the character. I would say actually, you're not. You become the character. You're the director, perhaps, but you're you're just playing. You know, for example, uh, these games like Fallout Three or Mass Effect. There's another good one. Um, Mass Effect's a good one for younger people because it's not really violent. They're still shooting and stuff, but it's all space ray guns and things like that. So it's a little bit easier for you know parents to see their kids playing that because it's not it's not like visceral sort of slashing and horrible stuff like that that you don't want your kid to experience. And fair enough, you know? um, not until they're older. So, but then Mass Effect, for example, um, I sat and played it with a four-year-old friend. Uh, well, a friend, the son of a friend. Four-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, wow. um, he's called Sebastiano, he's Italian. <laughs> wow. And uh, I'd s I was sitting playing it, and he was really excited, so we'd sort of make a character and the way he wanted it, <laughs> and then we'd go through the game, and then there'd, every time there's a choice, so there's one point where there's a young kid who's scared because there's an alien invasion, and he's like, oh, um, I'm scared, I'm scared, and you can either be nice to him or you can be a bit gruff with him, and you mm. can always make that kind of choice. Yes. Are you going to go neutral, are you going to go... Positively, or you're going to mm. go negatively, mm. or, or gruffly, aggressively. Mm. Um, so, for example, at these points, I would give him the choice, and then at some points, he would say, "Yeah, well, I want to be nasty to that guy because he blah blah blah," or you know, "I want to be nice to the kid because it's not his Jeez. fault," and mm. things like that. And that's great. So you're for really, uh, in a way, making him an author of like his life. Yeah, and, and teaching him some sort of responsibility just mm. by giving him the responsibility yes, and then letting yes. him make his People own. People only choices. grow if you give them the responsibility. Totally. You don't allow them. If you get stuck in a religious book totally. or a country or something, but then I think stuck. that's you know again like with most things, it's just about having that experience once, and then from then mm. on, you're armed with that knowledge that a game is a potential experience that you can you know get a lot from. Mm. Um, so, for example, another um, aspect of gaming that I find really interesting is the future of gaming, because nowadays you have online gaming, and therefore thousands or millions of people are actually in the same space interacting mm, mm. directly or indirectly and um, for me uh, I've been researching that around about I think, nearly 10 years now where applying that sort of gaming uh, to the real world in a non-entertaining function mm. you know, gaming in that respect is the future of everything we do because what we forget is uh, you know society is a game basically uh, so it know. is a game Exactly. And you have choices. So perhaps yeah. through gaming, I'm getting a new insight into all this because I I'm not a game player. Can, yeah. um, I, I say I'm not a game player on the computer, but life is a game. Life is a game, yeah. Life is a drama. And you can actually learn real make world skills from games. These mm. days, uh, the games have got so complex. For example, there's this one uh, I use uh, as an example called Eve Online. Mm. Um, and it's sort of, say, around about 100,000 100, people, 200,000 people in a space where maybe 30,000 at any one time, something like that. But the mm. space is a, almost a whole galaxy. There's like maybe 500 systems, and each system has lots of planets and stations and blah, blah. Um, the, the level of depth in that game is so rich that mm. um, actual uh, real kind of anomalies happen. So, for example, I spent some time on the trading market and learned how to corner the market in particular In, in the gaming situation. In the gaming situation. So are you saying your a lot of your university is in the computer and it teaches you exactly what people would learn in their classes sitting on their butt, getting bored to tears? Well, it's an interesting question, but I think me personally, I chose to learn from that experience. Mm. Uh, there's a big... There's a big difference between the typical attitude towards learning is that somebody else is going to teach me. And I'm, I'm, I'm an empty and bucket and they're going to pour knowledge. Well, in. perhaps I'm waiting for somebody else to teach me. And then the other one is I'm going to learn. Learn, whatever. I'm going to learn things that other people haven't learned mm. because that's not even the issue. It's and it doesn't matter where it comes from. Yeah. 
and and doesn't matter if anybody's thought that before or not i'm going to think it yeah yeah so for example with that mentality i would say to people look if you want to learn photography take a few photos and then look at them that's it as simple as that it's as simple as that and then after that every photo you see you will realize more and more what makes a good photo because you're taking the photo uh, yourself and then looking back at it and trying to be critical so it's the same for anything i mean you know you want to become a better speaker you want to become a better thinker you want to make uh, movies and make actually it. do it well do it and then look back and, 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 and accept your mistakes it. and uh, encourage people to say what they like but again listen well, to your own heart as well perhaps i mean i think that's that's individual but you know most people tend to be very happy with what they've done in the beginning hmm. and then they reach a point where they're like hey but being happy <laughs> with it isn't good enough because yeah. i'm not getting anywhere i'm just hmm. sort of looking for um, um ego massage mm. so but then what you find is the best people in any field always uh, are the people who started out on their own who just did it themselves who took directions other people wouldn't because they weren't waiting for the manual to tell them what to do they figured things out for themselves so and they took the steps yeah they just use it do it and then learn from mistakes or whatever yeah and and that's what's powerful about gaming because it gives you the opportunity to in quotes do it yeah. so I've never flown a military plane. Uh, I never will. But you have in the computer. I've spent lots of hours, you know, flying uh, a military plane in the computer. Yeah, and and the difference is that I'm not actually in a real plane out there. I'm not experiencing the the G forces and I'm not uh, responsible to the army or the air force or whatever. I'm not going to die if I crash, things like that. But then on the other side, it means that I can learn a combination of physics, strategy, um navigation, um you know, learn about how to manage my resources like fuel like weaponry uh, you know all that kind of stuff you learn about how uh, war is waged so the the four Cs i think they call it like is one section of so destroying the command structures the communication structures things like that so that all of this stuff you have to know to be an effective fighter pilot mm. and although i'm not actually ever going to fly a real military plane and mm. you know thanks thankfully <laughs> um you know i could explore things in that simulation that no real pilot would actually no explore. because they are too bound by what the command officer is telling them right and they're never going to risk a you know a 20 million dollar plane into an enemy territory just for a bit of fun they can't and so so the this is a very interesting metaphor because what happens what i'm saying is that when you do something in the real world yes it's more real but you're very limited by what you can actually do with it what you're allowed to do what you're dared to do what yeah. and you have responsibility and what the costs are you have responsibility basically yeah, yeah, so yeah. in in a game scenario you don't have responsibility no, you're free to explore and this is is one of the main functions of my my whole research project actually is to create real world games which uh take away the responsibility mm. and therefore allow people to think inside or outside the box depending on what you mm. want to say mm. um and you know these kind of serious games have more recently i mean i've been doing this for years but it's actually become quite popular mm. uh, well popular isn't the word but it's it's emerging now this this idea of a serious game and how it can be used to um to deal with real stuff so for example um one example is is military pilots back to the the plane example mm-hmm. uh, they do spend many hours in a simulator before they actually allow it yes, in a real yes, plane yes yes that's true right that's and true. and so this is a because it's more expensive as uh, less expensive you know to risk them crashing them in a real plane yes, yeah. yes 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 but also because you know for for the most part uh, they're getting the experience they need to fly the real plane so you know and what i'm suggesting is that if kids these days can grow up playing military simulators of planes or even playing god managing a civilization or you know um running a country or uh, building a city or you know racing a car all of these experiences mm. kids are growing up with 
I'm sure. I'm almost getting the feeling that you're saying go to acting school before you go, to, go on the stage. I mean, playing a game is like acting school. You're learning how to do your lines. You're learning to make choices. You're learning the intonation. You're learning the punctuation. You're learning to make faces. I and suppose so, so. I mean, I think that gaming is a form of education, if that's what that's you mean. That's exactly yeah. what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. And what people uh, perhaps haven't realized yet, and all, yeah, I think that there was a talk recently by Bill Gates where he was saying that, you know, game-based learning, he called it, mm -hmm. uh, which is great because it's not... Uh, learning-based games, which we mentioned before, which are horrible. It's more, well, as far as I understood, I didn't actually listen to his, his talk. Mm -hmm. I just saw the, uh, the brief article and said, oh, that's good enough. Game-based learning, to me, would mean that people are using real games to learn real stuff. Mm. And, and like a military simulator is one example. Yes. But, you know, the, the, the range of games, especially in strategy. So if, you, if you're interested in these topics, look up strategy gaming. And what you'll strategy find... Strategy gaming. Right. Mm. Yeah. And, and strategy is the concept of, you know, how are we going to go about uh, X, Y, and Z. And for me, it's the most important uh, concept mm. uh, to learn strategy about. I mean, I'm, I'm a strategist, so, mm. you know, I love... Um, so strategy games are really your cup of tea. Yeah, well, I think, you know, because I'm into learning and um, strategy is what you learn from games and uh, if you choose to learn that from them. You know, I don't mean running around shooting, but there's a lot of strategy involved in that as well. That is well I'm yeah. trying to survive mm. and it's very base level instinctual that people are going to run around try to survive and try mm. and kill each other because mm. that's how it used to be. Uh, whereas flying a plane or running a city is much less intuitive to the human being. Mm. That's why they're less popular, perhaps. It's more mm. an intellectual pursuit. But these days you've got games where you play as a dictator, for example. Um, a friend of mine, Walter, was playing a game recently. I think it was called The Dictator or, uh, or something like that. And he was, um, you know, um, a dictator of a, a sort of, it's sort of like Castro, Fidel Castro type concept. Mm. And you get to play that dictator. But that's cool because, you know, when you see what, happens in the real world after playing a game like that it's much easier for you to actually understand what is being done like you, know, you can see it from different points of view different angles well, you'll understand the, the underlying stuff you won't just believe what the media tells you but you'll also have strategies in your mind which mm. will help you to identify certain things going mm. on in the mm. real world um, so you definitely see it from different points of view which we are not usually so accustomed to right and, and how I'm do you saying this and that's it and, and how do you actually experience what it's like mm. to be a dictator in, in the real world you don't I mean there's no way <laughs> except for playing a game where you, you know. Mm. So, these so you're reaching those parts where the brain and the mind, the spirit, the society, society doesn't allow you to reach. It's a funny way what you're saying about uh, MP3, that you'd like to listen to all the sounds taken out, which is like a psychedelic experience. Mm. I almost think that gaming is a psychedelic experience you can apply to real life. It absolutely is, yeah. That's a very good way of describing it, yeah. I think um, uh, psychedelia in that pr in productive sense of the use of the word, I don't mean, you know, drugs and, and getting high off your head or whatever. Yeah, but they but, use you know, drugs to reach that position, you're doing games to reach that position. Well, there's many different ways of creating psychedelic yes. experiences, yeah, and psychedelia... Non-real, uh, allegedly non-real. Yeah, so psychedelia is the expansion. Like, you know, the, the apple that uh, Adam and Eve supposedly ate was a was psychedelic. psychedelic experience. It was. That, that, you know, it made them realize certain things they didn't that understand. There's things or, beyond the garden wall. For example, yeah. So, you know, that, psychedelia is, is, has got a bad name in some senses, but yes. really when we look at it, it's like, no, psychedelia is the development of new conscious patterns. That's mm. what I would call it. And without psychedelia in the past, we would never have a consciousness as we have today mm. if we'd never picked up mushrooms and ate them by accident. Or things like How that. How would we know what it feels like eating a mushroom that makes you go high? But, but I don't mean that. I mean, I mean that I think it's actually the, the reason we have such a developed consciousness in the first place, that if apes in the past weren't eating these berries that made them drunk or you know, um, 
uh, things like that, the, the mushrooms that made them high and experience, I, I think that's where the, the original uh, consciousness actually developed in human beings, to be honest. I mean, I think that's why the, the story of the Adam and Eve thing and all that goes way back. But what they were trying to talk about was the, the birth of human awareness was based on the consumption of a... Something unusual. Yeah. Something that made that them think made outside the exactly. box. By box, I mean the brain box. Yeah. So I think if aliens were to come down and say, oh, yeah, we, we heard about that too, but you guys have got it wrong, obviously, because, you know, you know, you know, you've passed it down over thousands of years with primitive technology. But actually what, what was happening was, yeah, you guys were picking up these uh, cactuses that were making you freak out a bit. And, mm. and instead of behaving normally, you started to do weird things, and that mm. kind of cottoned you on to the awareness of yourself. That these is, things also are there. Yeah, the, the birth of your self-awareness as a species came from those psychedelic experiences. Mm. So... Again, that's that's semi-religious, so we'll keep that for another topic. But mm. back to the gaming, with gaming being a form of psychedelic, mm. uh, I would say that yeah, it's it's outside ability. outside norm thinking. Yeah, yeah. in the sense and that outside norm experience here experiences that you couldn't have any other way. Yes, you could say without I mean, being in danger or destroying other right. people or killing people. Etc. So, for example, I've heard. Uh, in fact, it was a great revelation for me to read this because it was like, oh, great people are actually realizing it. There's a um, Financial Times article a few years ago where somebody was talking about playing that game I mentioned before, Eve Online, mm. and he's the manager of a global company of you know whatever, and he took a six-month sabbatical because he got so much into that game. So mm. he played the game for some time, and then he came back, and he said, "Well, I learned so much from managing a, uh, a company over uh, uh, several solar systems." that I'm now able to apply back to my yes. you know, global So company. instead of going to management school for three years and getting a piece of paper... Well, he paper. did all that in the past. Already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he was already an executive, and he knows the worth executive. Of, so he knows the worth of these games, having well, done he, the standard he thing. He realized the worth of the games, and yes. they made an article in the Financial Times about it, which right. is great for me, because I'd been saying that for years, like, mm. come on, guys. Um, so you feel ratified, you felt that what you were well, thinking is n not such... I, uh, stupid or uh, well, I never thought that. I knew, mm. you know, I know, I'm confident in my thinking, and and I don't mean to sound arrogant, but you know, it was just like a there's a list of a hundred uh, innovative innovative concepts that mm. make up my research, and it was just another tick in the in one of those hundred boxes yeah. to be yeah. on. And that, yeah, it, that it came to me as well. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sorry that that does sound arrogant, but uh, what I mean is that, that sounds know, arrogant in the British culture. It's perfectly good to me. Well, perhaps mm. I hope I don't say it arrogantly, but what I mean is mm. that you know that was my big revelation was mm. you know reinnovating. Re you know, about a hundred different uh, methodologies we use in our society. Well, hang on, if we do this differently, we do that differently. And what it means, what it meant for me was, oh, great, I'm on the right track. And it's just a nice reminder to see yes, that, you know, yes. the, the world is catching up with what you're already trying to yes. say to people. Um, and what I found over the last 10 years as well is that that's happened, um, you know, increasingly, incre well, almost unanimously. In mm. fact, almost, I could say that probably about 50% of what I was saying in 2001, 2002 has already now happened. Happened. Because, I mean, I can't reinvent the whole world, but I can wait for the world to reinvent itself. And if, if everything, almost everything that I was saying is actually happening now, well, mm. for 50%, the other 50% is still futuristic now. It's too mm. advanced still. But what it means is that I know I was on the right track. Um, and that was 10 years ago. And so that's why everyone was so excited about it and so on. But that kind of thinking came from gaming, in effect. Uh, what I was doing was thinking, well, if I can play, uh, you know, the leader of a civilization in a game and learn from my mistakes and so on, uh, and then discuss with people who are actually constructing cities and actually... Actually in physical world. Real world. Civic center type, architect type. Well, yeah, civic center, but then much... much Higher level, higher level yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah, much higher level, like civilizational level people, basically, yes, yes. which it took me some time to get through to. Mm, but mm. I do know a few people working mm. at that level now. And it's nice to talk with them because 
you know, we really stimulated each other. Mm. I think for me it was more like, wow, so it is like that. In, or, in the alleged real world. Yeah, or it's not like that. Or, you know, so to get a better picture of yes. how it actually works from their yes, point of yes, view. Yes. And from their perspective, it was like, well, here's somebody introducing us to a whole bunch of ideas we'd never even thought of because he had the freedom of thought. He was never mm. actually, he didn't go to university for this. He didn't get a job, have to climb the ladder. He was thinking this from the safety of his bedroom, in effect, mm. Uh, mm. you know, playing these games. But actually, because he was thinking... Uh, much wider than a usual person in some respects uh, and without responsibility he mm. did come up with concepts that are now usable for us mm. in the real world so mm. that that's you know what was going on and um i called that virtual thinking or maybe game based thinking you mm. can call mm. it but mm. there's some there's huge value to this concept of what you can apply from gaming mm. um to the real world you know i'd been basically playing a game uh of a project now my my project was one sense of it is a game. It's, a, it's like a game like Civilization or The Sims or SimCity, if you think of those kind of concepts. Most mm -hmm. people know what The Sims is. But then imagine instead of us sitting in front of a screen and playing a virtual Sims, mm -hmm. more that the computer is is the environment and we're actually physically stepping into it. Into so we the, are you're the inside the RAM, RAM, whatever. Well, kind of. Where, yeah, you're in an event space where you're actually one of the players or the characters. So instead of you having The Sims on your screen, you are a Sim. You are in a simulated city. You yes. are, you know. So that's what I was. That's my work basically. And and so we. So just like in a movie, if I see the hero doing something and running off with the heroine, I place myself there. When you're playing a game, you do exactly that. Yeah, and then this is this is at a very micro, micro, what micro I'm level. About those bringing that game out of the computer and into mm -hmm. the real space, so mm -hmm. you're actually playing it by physically doing it. Mm -hmm. But so that's somebody else's role. It doesn't have to be your role. No, that's your role no, is to called, yeah, think, the, create. The whole point is to mm -hmm. be somebody else. So you you play a role like you do in any game. You're playing mm -hmm. a role. Are you watching a film? You're right. you're following a role. But if you're playing a game and you're taking on, you are role, the role. Yeah, it's called role play, and mm -hmm. then. In, you know, you can use that concept really broadly. You can apply that to your real-world scenarios and get mm. people to role-play. It's mm. a very, you know, used concept in business management and things like that, where they say, yeah, okay, you know, don't they, they do it in acting called method acting? Well, yeah, yeah, there's some similarity. Yeah, I think so. But then in terms of applying it to the real thing, because acting is theatrical and it's all about, you know, um, illusion. So, mm. but in, in the real world, if you get the boss. And the cleaner and the secretary and the you know all the manager interacting all in your style. But if yeah, if you if you neutralize the the hierarchy mm. for a day mm. and mm. say, for example, okay, now we're all going to play uh, open characters where we aren't more or less responsible. We're not just anything. our role; we are more. We're anything we want to be mm. for this period. So that's the business workshop. Oh, I see. I see. Concept. Mm. So the cleaning lady might be sitting in the same room, being the uh, managing director, yeah, and run the process much or, better. Or, or making. You know, there's different ways you can do it, and, and one is, yeah, to play the role of the managing director, to play the role of the cleaner, and this kind of stuff has happened. There's mm. programs like that, which is still, it's still quite primitive, but I think there's a lot of progress being done. But I think that's socially very enhancing. I think so, too. It's yeah, like to get in the shoes of a cleaning lady and see what it feels it is, like, it is getting no value, yeah. and people say, e, I'm only a cleaner. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then that's the thing, but actually, if you talk to that cleaner, you'd be surprised what insight he or she has into that, the company yeah exactly because they see it from the right point of view so i've always enjoyed that from mm. being part of a company and then sort of talking to the top people but then also talking to the bottom people so to speak and you know i i, I don't believe in hierarchy so i always treat everyone like an equal and um people who play the hierarchy game and are all competitive and trying to be at the top they don't really like me and people who because are you're destroying the well, props that keep them up I, I yeah i don't i don't recognize those those kind no, of concepts. No deal to you. Yeah. And, and so obviously, you know, the people at the top, they always, usually at least, are, are very warm to that because they're not trying to 
climb their own ladder. Yeah. People who are trying to climb their own ladder, they'll take my ideas and they'll use them and they say, oh, okay, whatever. Mm. But the people at the top or the bottom, they're usually most interesting because they're like, oh, wow. Um, from the top angle, it's like, oh, cool, someone who's just interested as an equal to talk and is not here to try and get something from me, you know. And at the bottom level, it's people who are kind of like, oh, wow, you're You're giving me respect, you're treating me like a human being. Yeah, and I'm not just a cleaner anymore when I talk to you, I'm an an equal, which is quite rare for people. I happen to be doing the cleaning role, but I'm a full human being. Right. So, actually, again, this is potentially uh, something I don't want to say too much about, but I did have a concept which applied gaming to the organization, and I came Mm. up with a concept I called the multiplayer organization, which applies these complex uh, models to uh, organizational uh, formulation mm. and, and structure and what, what I found was that you know in, uh, it's uh, it's just one of the many aspects of the big project but uh, it's a really successful idea so far and I'm pretty confident that the world will become like that the organizations will become more flat and will basically be level playing field yeah and that people are actually playing the game of that company instead of actually playing the role that they're assigned to they're it's assigned to, to or they're unlucky to have got trapped yeah, into yeah and they're able to you know, uh, upgrade Grow themselves. Their assigned role. Yeah. Um, in the future, gaming is going to be the center of everything. What we call gaming now is is still an entertainment process. But but children, you go to the Apple shop. They're two year olds playing on iPad. Yeah. But and that's the uh, kind of aesthetically, it's quite that, a sensitive thing. That's like technology advancing. But I, I guess I mean, in the sense that you know, these kids are growing up using. They don't have the barrier, a, yes. lot, of we, a lot of our genera- Your generation. Your generation, never mind mine. Yeah, they yeah. have a barrier physically. Uh, they don't understand the, mm. mi- the mindset of the machine. Mm. But if these kids are growing up, what they're going to be saying is like, hang on, why are you running your company like that? Look, <laughs> this is a much better way of doing and it. So they're and much broader perspective people. And, and yeah, you'll see within the next five or ten years, someone will come out with a gaming corporation that's not a corporation about a game. It's a... The corporation is a game, and everyone's an equal player it in it. Mm. And in fact, you know, it might be me, it might not, but you'll see someone will do it. Mm. Um, so that's the way you see the future of education, of roles in society. Yeah, and, so and actually the concept of gaming, because it still means entertainment at the moment, but that entertainment aspect will be removed slowly, and we'll stop calling it gaming. But those systems that we use for but modern isn't gaming, there an old word called edutainment? Yeah, no, but that's the rubbish stuff I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, before. yeah. But, but is that, it, that's not that, that rubbish. It's not stuff. that. I mean, mm. forget all that for a moment, and forget education even. Just to say, look, gaming is uh, the technology that we use to create games is the fundamental basics for the entire human civilization in the near future. It's a group technology. That's mm. what I mean. Is okay, that, okay. That when okay. So in game, you're talking about social interactions. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, because as, as a okay, civilization, okay. Mm. As, a, as an entire human civilization, we're yes. all going to be interacting with each other through something that uh, we currently call a game. Now, look at Facebook, for example. That's mm-hmm. already laid the basic foundation. And frankly, there's more communication with each other on Facebook than probably any other was right? En- enabling people to do new things. It's a mm. social utility. Mm. And the next layer of it, uh, will be that people will accept uh, a visual version of it where they're physically or in their mindset they're virtually in the same physical room things like that because the the technologies will you know adapt to us right now it's a screen with some text and some pictures and things like that but you know more and more it's going to become like our alternative reality actually and then in, in further future our existing reality will become less important and eventually we'll end up existing inside the computer, matrix style, except not, you know, not the slave of the machine or hopefully, you know, it, uh, but we will control our own lives. But um, perhaps that will be the, 
the sort of age of uh, being just thought that all the religions talk about. Maybe that's the ultimate spiritual um, actual The age of consciousness. Yeah. Where we Awareness. Exist, where we exist purely as a thought. As a conscious thought. As a consciousness, yeah. As a spirit, as a soul, really. I mean, this is in the old days it was called soul and spirit, just a new word, consciousness. Yeah. Where you solve problems, where you do all sorts of things uh, in the virtual space. Yeah. It's like, I think, therefore I am. Yeah. So, you know, a kid growing up in a pod and never leaving that pod and never experiencing what we call physical reality might sound scary to a lot. I don't really like the idea right now, but I'm mm. just saying... But that's because we are limited by our thought yeah. and our presence and, and I, our physicality. I'm just saying that it's the future one way or another you're going to have to accept Like it, it or lump it, it's coming. Yeah, it's so coming might anyway. train for it. Well, perhaps, yeah, at least I think the main thing people should focus on is that if there is going to be a future like that, mm. who's going to build the, that future? Yes. Who's uh, going to be in control? It's going to happen. Are you going to take the driving seat? Right. Are you going to be dragged into it? So this is the thing, I, the general message I have for people when it comes to science and technology, when it comes to gaming and entertainment and all that, is don't be an entertained idiot yeah. be knowledgeable be in control because if you're not people who have power will, will tell you what that. to be entertained they'll by. use that yeah and you will end up with big brother and this is the scary thing mm. at the moment these technologies have got that that far we are able to be controlled but we're still at that balancing point where it's really up to us so do you wish to be controlled by big brother or do you want to be big brother yeah be be little sister that's what i call it <laughs> okay that's what i call it it's like it, big brother without any little sister will go around and dominate everything but okay little sister for me is the metaphor of we are the public but we're involved and we have to be in fact we can lead and if you look at open source linux and concepts like yes. that, that's what inspires me to say look people you know you need to be in charge of this stuff not the other way around and that's why in your politics show you were talking about the way of running cities yeah but well that's total my, democracy that's my whole project like something people don't generally see from my project is why i'm doing this and the mm. reason is why i'm doing it is look i understand what's coming mm. and i'm building a model to save us from, from being, being controlled controlled by those people. which we are insidiously yeah, through in, advertising exactly through words through oratory through right. brute power and, and not to get too uh, sort of high and mighty about it but mm. i accidentally came into this and realized that this is such a powerful device which you know it's it's almost like a civil movement in mm. a, in an engine and it's really really well thought out and designed so i'm kind of sitting there people copy it people sort of try to rip me off and all that but and i haven't managed to do it because it's such a big concept mm. but People should be aware that I'm. What I'm really doing is trying to hold a torch up and say, "Look, mm. people, there is a way. You know, don't lose faith because all the strategies exist right here, right now. And is there. if you want to take take the time to yes. get into it mm. and not just say, "Oh, but it's too complex," or mm. we're more empowered today than we ever were.